The following message was recorded at Faith Fellowship St. Pete in St. Petersburg, Florida. More information about Faith Fellowship can be found at faithfellowshipstpete.org. Well, good morning. It's good to be here this morning. We're going to continue on today with our study of uh, fearless faith. And I titled this message, In the Fiery Furnace. Has anybody ever been in a fiery furnace in their life? Been tested? A little bit of pressure? Well, we'll be looking for our text this morning. We'll be in Daniel chapter 3, verses 4 through 30. And just to summarize it, my summary was the effect that Jesus had on those he encountered in the fiery furnace. I think uh, most of us would agree that there's never been a person who impacted the world more than Jesus Christ. And it's evident in his life and in the life of his followers. Because not only did he impact people during and after his time on earth, but he impacted people before he came. And the hope of the Jew at the time was for the end today still is the coming of the Messiah. And the way in which a Jewish person was saved was by having faith that God would bring the Messiah into this world. And, and there's a select few times in, the, in, the, uh, in which Jesus uh, gives us a brief viewing of himself in the Old Testament. And there's a very churchy word. It's called the Christophany. And a Christophany is the appearance of Christ in the Old Testament. And we'll see that this morning, I believe, as we discuss the fiery furnace. Now, one of my favorite stories of the Old Testament is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And as a children's pastor, uh, many years ago, I spent a lot of time watching Veggie Tales. <laughs> More time than I probably should have. But uh, to make it easier for the kids, I remembered that they called them Shadrach and Benny. So I might slip into that sometime this morning. It's not meant to be disrespectful, but just sometimes that's how my brain works. Uh, and, and we're all quite familiar with the, the story of those three fellows. But I think that many times we miss the main point that's being taught to us by God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they are gr- three great men, great men. They were Jewish men who lived in the southern uh, country of Judah, and after they were attacked by the Babylonians, they were brought back to Babylon, all these Jews, and it was normally the smartest and the wisest of the Jews. And among that crowd was Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And as they were there in Babylon, the king made an attempt to drive God out of these Jewish people. You know, we spent, Cindy and I, a long time in the the Florida panhandle. And I I often heard it said that you can take the girl out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the girl. Well, I believe that was true for these four amazing men of God. They were very godly men. And from what I understand, the Babylonians were quite successful at driving God out of the Jews' lives. 
You see, they were taken away from their homeland. They were taken away from a place of worship. And most of them were backsliding pretty fast. And we don't know, we know though, that at least four who did not bow to the king. Daniel and his friends became well respected throughout Babylon to the point that they were all promoted into leadership positions. And the reason was not because Babylon had an affirmative action program that forced them to put Jews into public office, but because they were blessed by God for their faithfulness. They were living in a completely pagan world. There are not many people who even believed in one God. They were polytheistic. And and constantly, they were forced to remove God from their lives. And two degrees came out from the kings during that time in Babylon. And the first was for a command for everyone to bow down and to worship a statue that was made of gold. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Obeni refused to bow. And we know that this is when the three of them were thrown into the fiery furnace as a result of the disobedience to God's command. And secondly, the kings also made another edict that not to pray to any god for 30 days. And despite that, Daniel, what a strength, what a character in the Bible. Daniel prayed, prayed three times a day, and he was thrown into the lion's den because of his faithfulness to God. You know, when we think about our trials and our testings and our fires, our lives, for the most part, aren't being threatened. You know, and we kind of sometimes, I know I do, sometimes cave to the pressure. And when you look at the biblical heroes, and we call them heroes, and if you have a hero, you know, my hero when I was a kid growing up was Carl Yastrzemski. He played left field for the Boston Red Sox. Go Yaz. And I wanted to, and I wanted to be just like Carl, just like Yaz. Why? Because he was my hero. He was my hero. I want, you know, I had a Yaz. Uh, lunchbox, and I had a Yaz thermos, and I had a Yaz t-shirt. Used to make my mother buy Yastrzemski hot dogs. He had his own brand of hot dogs. And yet, sometimes, we forget about the heroes that God's addressed and made us aware of in his word. You know, I don't think today we live in a world that Hostile in the United States, faith isn't being threatened by hostility. No one's coming to you the door. You're a Christian, yeah, bang, you're dead. No, we don't live in that. But I have seen, you know, but these stories that we read about in in Daniel, I, I see much of our own culture in. I've seen people who claim to follow God renounce him when the first threat of oppression or testing or the fiery furnace time comes. You know, I'm going to be the first one to tell you, I have folded. It gets tough. It's tough. And if you're all honest with yourself, you know it too. It's tough. You know, it used to be one time 
of being popular to be a follower of God in this nation. And then all of a sudden, people bailed out when they were no longer in the majority. I grew up in Massachusetts. <laughs> That's where the Puritans came. When I grew up, there were churches on every corner. We went home a couple of years ago to my... I forget what your reunion was. It was a long time. Um, but the churches were closed, all these churches on corners, and they became condominiums. People bought the properties. And I'm saying this was like the birthplace of Christianity in the new world. And it continues all through. You know, we, when times get tough, the saying is the going get tougher, but sometimes a lot of people just slide backwards the other way. People, when they feel threatened, they quickly bow down. And in Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego's time, they worshipped other gods. And doesn't that happen in our world today too? What's a god? Something that we place high. Some people's god is money. Some people's god is jobs. Some people's god is golf. Maybe even sailing. For many people... Then, in Daniel's time, was it was exchangeable for prosperity and popularity. And when we look back, we see who was rewarded both spiritually and even physically. It was Daniel and his friends who were respected and they were promoted, if you read the whole story through. In their time of testing... Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they didn't bow, they didn't bend, and you know what? They didn't burn. And the question we need to consider is this. Will we too give in on what we hold dear when the hard times come our way? I'm reminded of the story of Cassie Bernal in Columbine many years ago when she asked if she was a follower of Christ, did she believe in God? And instantaneously she was dead because she said yes. Everything, I know after that happened, I sat alone and I heard many pastors talk about that. Do we have the strength of our convictions to say yes? Or do we value this temporal body, this temporary time here more an eternity in heaven with God. You know, when we unexpectedly lose someone and we love, that we love very, very dearly, you know, I've seen people turn away from God in anger. It's one of the toughest things a pastor has to do is try to console somebody that's lost someone. Especially, I never lost a baby. So I really don't know what to say, how my words can comfort. I lost a brother, so I can pretty much talk about that. And I've lost my father, so I can talk about that. But there's a lot of things that I feel inadequate to talk about. But you know what? God gives us the strength to be compassionate and empathetic. We need to stop Blaming God when things don't go our way. 
you know, when life doesn't treat us the way we want, do we bow down to some other God? You know, when being a Christian is no longer the most popular thing, and you know what, folks, it's really happening in this nation we live in today. You know, it really, it's, I'm not a gloom and doom kind of guy, but you can see it. Maybe when most of the people at work are doing immoral things, and will we too do that? Will we leave our faith and join them because it's convenient? You know? Or do we hold fast? We hold fast to our faith and not bow and do not bend. If you would this morning, I'm not going to put up 26 slides for the uh, Daniel 3. But there is a there is something I want to put up. Next slide, please. Next one. There was a challenge. And after the king's command to worship, the statue went out. You know, I kind of think that Shadrach, Meshach, and Benny, they were aware of their challenge. They, 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 they had to know. They knew that they would be in trouble for breaking the law of the land, but they decided they would rather be right with God. That's courage. That's fearless faith. You know, and I think about the Apostle Paul and the Apostle John. They were presented with similar situations in the book of Acts. They were commanded in court to stop speaking of Jesus. And they said this, Judge for yourself whether it is right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. We cannot help but to speak about what we have seen and heard. My challenge is, can we make the same statement? Can we make the same statement? The three boys, John and and Paul and Peter, they took seriously the command of the Lord and would carry it out to whatever extent, even if it meant breaking the law and personal danger. They were not, you know, Shadrach and Benny, they they weren't willing to give up their faith and, and worship some statue. I kind of question sometimes, why didn't they just give in? It wouldn't have hurt anybody to to give just a little bow to some statue. But to them, it was completely out of the question. It wasn't even an option. And these three men, what I believe we see is integrity and conviction. And integrity... Well, I'll tell you, that's important for a Christian to have. It seems that in today's world, people don't have integrity about their faith. There's a lot of things that happen in the world that we stay muted on because we don't want to offend somebody or we don't want to be perceived as a racist or a homophobe or a zealot for being vehemently anti-abortion. Why is that? We we talk, you know, we talk a good game at times, people. We do. <laughs> and I'm chief sinner amongst you all. You know, when I was writing this, I was saying, 
I was read it about three or four times. I said, man, who wrote that? That was pretty good. You know, it it strikes home. We don't have to disagree and be disagreeable. We can have strong, unbending faiths and beliefs. But it doesn't mean you bend. And what's our job? To be Christian witnesses. To share the good news of Jesus Christ. Well, there's a lot of people, I don't want them to think I'm some kind of zealot. You know, at the churches I had up in the Panhandle, Halloween, we used to do trunk of treats. And we always had, we had a pavilion, big pavilion, that we used to put religious stories. You know, one lady was a poet, and she wrote a thing about the pumpkin and cross eyes and, and all these things. And we used to give out pamphlets and tracts and everything else. You know what? They were never thrown on the ground. People picked them up and they took them home along with the candy. You know, some people, there was a big festival downtown, the five or six churches you would have in downtown Mariana. And uh, they wouldn't even put out a contact card. They wouldn't put out a tract because they didn't want to offend anybody. Can you believe that? And that's the God's honest truth. I stopped going. Well, I went one time, and my old friend Gene, he was 85 at the time, we sat out giving uh, little Gideon Bibles out, because he was the head guy for the Gideons. You know? But the other churches, gee, this is, we just want them to see that we're here for them. Bring your kids to a safe place. And I'm like... What an opportunity you just missed. But that's totally off track. I'm sorry. (laughs) In one setting, you know, I might be the strongest, appear to be the strongest Christian in the world. And there are people who are the ones that come to church and they know what to say and they know when to say amen and they know when they look spiritual. I used to call it putting on your church face. Ever hear this one? You're driving to the church and you're cussing up the guy that didn't put his blinker on or you hit the red light. You pull in the parking lot, you reach underneath the seat, you put it on your church face. Hey, brother, how you doing? God love you. Good to see you. How you doing? Praise God. Then you get through, you go out to the car, you take your mask off. That guy talked 55 minutes. What is he thinking? Doesn't he know that the NASCAR race is on? You know, God, you know it's true because you're laughing. <laughs> you know it's true. You know, there, there are people who get to work and they indulge and they participate in the same immorality as everyone else. It was funny. I used to go at McDonald's in Mariana. They used to have, the, the, you had to be 80 years old to get into the club We used to call them the Senate. And so you had all these 80 to 99-year-old guys. And they were cussing up a storm every time. I'd walk in and they'd say, Oh, got to watch your language. The preacher boy's here. So I bought a T-shirt. It says, I love Jesus, but I still cuss a little bit. Working on that. (laughs) I'm not perfect. I'm just working for progress. (laughs) 
But, you know, people know, what, if, if people say that, they know where you stand. People who fall back, they lack the integrity of their faith. And they're kind of similar to Peter after the uh, death of Jesus. If you remember the gospel accounts, you remember Peter was the most zealot of the uh, disciples. Uh, he was very religious. In fact, when Jesus told him he, he, had, he was going to be handed over and killed, Peter said, no way, I'll die with you. And Peter was so uh, intense and intended on preventing Jesus from being killed, he chopped off Malchus's ear. Remember that? Just a few hours later, though, in downtown Jerusalem, he's recognized as being one of Jesus' disciples. He's confronted, and on three different times, he denied that he even knew the man. Peter denied Jesus, thinking no one would know that in his life was on the line. He was afraid of the crowds. Now, I don't doubt that Peter was sincere in the faith. But when tempted and when it was not easy to be a follower of Christ, what did Peter do? He denied him. Then secondly, we see people who call themselves Christians, but they don't stand up for what they believe in. And I call these people chameleon Christians. These people agree with everybody about everything and everywhere. They forget that we are to hold on to sound doctrine and that we need to take a stand for what we believe in. And if you believe in God's word, you should stand up for it and don't be a chameleon Christian. We shouldn't be blending in with any, you know, with just wrong doctrine. And people who do that, and this might sound harsh, but I consider them essentially cowards. They forget that in Revelation uh, 21.8, the cowardly are the first ones mentioned to be thrown into the lake of fire. And we have great examples in Shadrach, Meshach, and Benny. There's no doubt that they were faced with the challenge, but they lived out their faith with conviction and integrity. You know, it would have been easy for them to, to give in because... Who really would have known? They could have easily not worshipped the statue because people wouldn't have known. They just had to bow down. You know what? They didn't care if anyone knew. They knew God would know, and that's all that really mattered. That's integrity. I heard one time integrity is doing the right thing when no one's watching. Perhaps we're faced with similar situations. Now, I doubt that many of us attempted to worship a golden statue. But we are tempted to deny God by the way in which we live sometimes. You may think no one will know if I do this, but because it won't hurt anybody. And just because the lack of other people's knowledge of our actions, that's not a justification for our sins. We need to practice integrity in our faith. And we do not need to bend or bow when we're tested. Did you notice that just because we don't feel guilty for something doesn't mean it's not wrong in the sight of God? (laughs) Here's a newsflash. Our consciences 
are not our guide for right or wrong. You know, we might say that everyone else is doing it. I wonder how many of the other Jews bowed to that statue. I wonder how many renounced their faith because of that fear. It's Shadrach, Meshach, and Benny. They could have given in and used the excuse, well, everyone else is doing it. I remember when I was a kid, when the dinosaurs walked the land, and I wanted to do things other kids my age were doing. So I used to tell my mother all the time, everyone else is doing it. And she would look at me, shake her head, and say, yeah, not everyone else. She was right. I think sometimes this excuse tempts people today. Everyone else is doing it, so I might. Everyone else talks like that, so I can. Everyone else does that, so it must be okay for me to do it too. I love the story of Noah. Noah lived in a world where everyone else was doing it, but he didn't. In the midst of a wicked world, he did not give in to say everyone else is doing it, but he alone walked with God and was blameless. Noah was rewarded for his faithfulness in in an immoral world. So we too, I really believe, will be rewarded for our faithfulness to God in the midst of a world where everyone else is doing it. I think we better believe that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego faced a challenge. They essentially gave up their lives for their faith. They didn't bend, they didn't bow, and they didn't burn. So will you? They had their confidence. They had the confidence that God would deliver them. If you would, Daniel three seventeen and 18. There you go. If this be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of our hand, out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image. These men had such an amazing trust that God would reward them for their faithfulness one way or the other. They didn't know for sure what would happen to them. I'm sure there was a little bit of doubt when they're being let in and they're watching the guys stoking the fire drop off because it's fire so hot they, they died. I'm sure there was some, uh, well, this might be hot. They didn't know if they would die, but they, above all else, they knew that God would work that situation for good. I believe one reason why people today bend and bow in pressure is because they have a lack of confidence in God. You know, we put God in a box. My God, hopefully your God, can't fit in the box. He's the creator. What arrogance we have when we say, well, God just wouldn't understand. Well, God can't do that. You know, he's too busy to watch out for me. I'm just a guy that lives in Gulfport. People do not think that God could possibly bring good out of all situations. How strong is your confidence in God? 
I heard a story about people turning their back on God when they didn't get handed what they wanted in life. Perhaps they lose someone they care about or something bad happens. They see it as the end of everything. You know, we, we will have trials. We will have things happen to us that we just don't understand. But we need to be people of faith. We need to be confident that no matter what situation comes to us, that God will deliver us. Perhaps God won't deliver us in the way he did with the Shadrach, Meshach, and Benny, but we can be confident that God works all things for good and those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Would you agree with me? We serve a God that is in control of the universe that all things are under his control? If you agree with that, who better to put your trust and confidence in? Listen, don't put your trust and confidence in me. I'm going to let you down. I'm a sinner born and saved by grace. I'm going to let you down. I let Cindy down I don't know how many times a day. I still haven't cleaned out that front room. It's only been 14 months. We'll get to it. It's on my list. <laughs> You know, (laughs) anyway, there's a slide to show. (laughs) Romans 3, Romans 8, I'm sorry, 38. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Next one. Oh, didn't put the remainder in there. Okay. There was a story I read about, I think it was in Reader's Digest. Uh, there was a guy named Oscar, and he was uh, very apprehensive about his first airplane ride. And his friends, when he landed, they were very eager to hear how it went. So they asked him if he enjoyed his flight. And, well, Oscar said, it wasn't as bad as I thought it might be. But I'll tell you this, I never did put all my weight down. You know, I believe a lot of people have a relationship with God that's just like that. They never fully put their feet down and trust in the Lord. You see, people who do not have confidence in the Lord miss out on much of the relationship with Him. They're not even scratching the surface. I believe that only when you have confidence in the Lord can you really enjoy what it's like following Jesus Christ. The third thing was their compassion. In Daniel 3, 24 and 25. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and rose up in haste. He declared to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? And they answered and said to the king, True, O king. He answered them and said, But I see four men unbound, walking in the midst of the fire, and they're not hurt, and the appearance of the fourth is like a son of the gods. I think that one of the greatest aspects of this story that we read about is not really Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's strong conviction, but it was the love of God. The three went into the fire, expecting God to deliver them from the fire, but not only did he deliver them from the fire, but he passed through the fire with them. That shows something about the way our Savior loves us. He could have easily delivered them, 
You know, he could just like that. But he went through the fire with them to show them that he was always there with his people. And it does matter how people treat God's people. When Saul was walking on the road to Damascus, Jesus spoke to Saul saying, why do you persecute me? You know, when people mess with God's people, I believe God takes it serious. Hopefully, none of us will ever enter blazing hot furnaces, Shadrach and Benny did. But we do enter the fire in different ways. We enter the fire by going through trials and tough times that sometimes feel are as bad as going through a fiery furnace. It's, you know, but it is awesome to know that we have a Savior who loves us and goes with us through that fire. We're never alone. We can learn from this how much God is concerned about the trials in our lives. Shadrach and Benny, they were great godly men, but they were not special in God's sight. But they were godly. I don't think those three guys, God looks at them any better than than they do anyone here. If you're God's child, you know, there's no saint first class, saint second class, you know. We're all saints. He loves us all. How awesome would it have been, though, to see Jesus go through the fire with them, but we know that he goes through the fire with us when we have trials and hard times, and I believe it is encouraging to know that no matter what hard times befall us, Jesus is always right there with us going through the furnace. My fourth point, and then we'll close real soon, is the confession. And Daniel, uh, it's in chapter 3, verses 26 to 30. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the door of the burning fiery furnace. He declared, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then they came out from the fire. And the satraps, the perfects, the governors, the king's counselors gathered together and saw that the fire had not had any power over the body of these men. Their hair of their head was not singed. Their coats were not harmed. And no smell of fire had come upon them. Nebuchadnezzar answered and and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him, and set aside the king's command and yielded up their bodies rather than serve and worship any god except their own. Therefore I make a decree, any person nation or language that speaks anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be torn limb from limb and their houses laid in ruin for there is no other God who is able to rescue in this way. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. So, the boys took a stand against the king's command and they suffered the consequences. They could have bowed down to the statue, and very few people would have known. But look, though, at what happened since they didn't bow. They were great examples and witnesses for their God. They impressed upon the pagan king that their faithfulness to their God, and you know what? We read further in the story that he wants to be part of that. 
Many times we think it's that it's more appealing thing for people just to give in. You know, I've heard of people participate in bad things in the name of Jesus Christ, thinking they're able to relate to those people. These three men left us great examples of the effects of standing up to their God despite opposition. You know, many people bowed to that pagan statue. And you know what? We don't know any of their names. But we remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because of their faithfulness to God. Greater than being remembered, they impacted people because of their strong stance. They still are today. When we have convictions and we stand for what we believe in, people are drawn in. If you want to impact the world, stand up for what you believe in and live out your convictions. The guys serve as a great example of the impact a completely dedicated Christian can have in the world. We read other stories in the Bible. We see the same thing. These people who take a stand are people of influence, but they, we know nothing of the, those who gave in. They didn't impact people by giving in. And if you really, truly, with all your heart, believe that God's word, in what is in God's word, then live it out with integrity. Live it out with conviction. Don't be willing to bow down, to give in, to placate. Our guys didn't bow down, they didn't bend, they didn't burn, and neither were those who stand for Christ today. This morning as the praise team comes up, I'd like to close with what I call the big question. The big question. And if I'm honest with myself, I have to ask myself, why does life's circumstances often determine the level of faith, the level of my faith, instead of my faith being a constant, no matter what the circumstance. Do you get that concept? My faith shouldn't be like a, a thermometer. It should be constant. It should be right up at the top. Not varying depending. Things are really good. Things not so good. My faith should always be at the top. And then maybe collectively we ask ourselves this morning, how can making a firm stand for our faith affect those around us? We impact people that we don't even know are watching us. And that's the truth. They look for, people look for us to trip up and fail. We need to keep our witness and we need to keep our integrity and we need to keep our fearless faith. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Fellowship St. Pete in St. Petersburg, Florida. More information about Faith Fellowship can be found at faithfellowshipstpete.org.